0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today we're going to be talking about a new beginning. A new beginning. And um, the Webster's Dictionary defines beginning as a starting or the commencement of something. That is to start doing what you have never done before. To start what you have never done before. So that thing that you, you want to start, that thing that you are experiencing as a new beginning, it may be something that someone else has done before and succeeded But for you, it's a new beginning. It may also be something that someone else has done in the past and failed. But for you, it's a new beginning. For someone there, a new beginning will mean a fresh start. For instance, you know, it it could be that uh, you're starting a school. Or or you're going to, uh, you're moving to a new school. I, I remember my my son when uh, he, he, he moved to the school where he was right now. It took him a while to adjust, simply because it was a new beginning for him. He was in a crash stroke nursery school where he used to go to school in Mufti, you know. Uh, I mean, because he was mingling with uh, th- um, what they call them now, toddlers, yeah, I think. Uh, is that what they call them? Okay. Well, I mean, he, w- he was moving to a primary one, and they had toddlers around him. So, everything they were doing in the crèche truck school was more like play. Play and learn. Play and learn. Now, he moved to a proper primary school where he had to resume at 8 o'clock, where he had to go in a uniform. And when he gets to class, he has to sit down in one spot. Now, he has to begin to have his exercise book. In short, his life was now experiencing a new beginning. And guess what? He rebelled. He said, "Ah, ah, this is not how life is supposed to be. For him, that was a new beginning. For someone, your new beginning could be marriage. Praise the Lord. It could be marriage. It could be, I mean, all, all your life you've been a bachelor, you've been a, a spinster, you've been living your life on your own, you, 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 you never used to consider the second person before you make any decision, and all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you see someone beside you, you're married, and you want to go out, maybe on a Friday evening, and you tell the person, you say, I'm going to see the boys, and your wife says, which boys? And you're like, come on. Does marriage now mean I'm locked down? For you, that person, it could be, that could be your own new beginning. It could be a job, a new job. It could be a career change. It could be a career change. Maybe you're experiencing new, a, new, a new thing in your career. When I left school, I was hell-bent on working in the bank. When I graduated, all I wanted to do, as a matter of fact, I kept dropping applications everywhere, but I never dropped an application outside of the banking industry, because that was all that I wanted to do at that time. Four and a half years or five years into my working in the bank, because I eventually did, you know, that's the power of focus. You know, when you focus your energy on only one thing, there's no way you will not break through. I joined the bank four and a half years down the line. I looked around me, I looked at the people at the top. I said, no, 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 no. This, this is not the kind of life I want to live 20 years after. So I quickly knew that, no, I needed to readjust my career decision and I looked around and I said, okay, IT is the next thing, IT looks nice and IT has always been interesting to me. I grew up in a family of IT. So I said, okay, maybe this is actually why I was born into IT, so I moved into IT. And for the last eight or nine years now, I've been in IT and I'm enjoying my life. Praise the Lord. No more targets chasing me up and down. Looking for other people's money. Praise the Lord. That's just a joke. There's a target everywhere. Amen. Even as I'm preaching right now, my target is that some people will give their lives to Christ today. And they will eventually in the name of Jesus. For someone... New beginning could be traveling into a new land. Traveling into—I mean, God says we should go into the uttermost parts of the earth and preach the, the gospel. A new beginning for you could be ex- expanding your expanding your territories into other lands, you know. Because in, it, personally, I, I I want to go to I want to travel to as many places as possible on the face of the earth before I die. Because I want to meet other people, I want to learn other cultures, you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting experience. You know, for instance, I hear that in, in, is it in Turkey, that if someone stretches his hand to you and you stretch, try and say, I, how are you, and you stretch, up, stretch out your hand like this, it is considered as rude. Because you are trying to say, he is under you. That doesn't matter in Nigeria, right? Um, last time I was in, in London, I, I, I was in a taxi, and the taxi guy had taken me to a, a couple of places, and it was metered, right? So I called my brother and said, look, this guy has really helped me today, so I want to give him a tip. And my brother in the UK, he said, ah, don't bother, I, they don't do tips here. I said, ah, this guy has really tried for me, or oh, I think I should give him a tip. He said, don't bother, that if you, if you give the guy tip, you'll be shocked, he will be surprised. And I just felt good. So when when he finished, he gave me the bill, and I tipped him. And the guy looked at me strangely like, are you all right? You know, that was the look on his face like, you have money to throw away, right? (laughs) You know, that's their culture there. They don't do tips. A couple of periods after that, I was in the U.S. So I said, okay, I'm not going to tip. And I entered the taxi. And the guy gave me my bill, and I gave him the exact amount. The taxi guy looked back. He was wearing glasses. He was an Asian. Strong face. He said, no tip. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, come on. <laughs> he said, no tip. I was surprised. So I just used bone face. I'm a Nigerian now. I used bone face. I collected my change. I said, I collected my change. I said, thank you. It was as if he was waiting for me to say thank you. Just turned back. I said, for what? <laughs> Very angry. For me, that was a new experience. And I know someone here also, I mean, you you want to experience something new in the name of Jesus. Last week, for a lot of us, walking on water was a new beginning. It's the start of a new journey. Because we're going to be entering into territories that we have never entered before. We're going to be claiming lands that we have never dreamed that we'll be able to claim. Walking on waters, for me, was, a, was personally a new experience because it opened my eyes to be able to see a new dimension of God. God is expe- expecting us to, to, to be able to make bold moves on his behalf. Why? Because he's right beside us. Right beside us. We as a church... We are at the place of new beginnings. As we go on this journey, because we have never experienced it, just like I said earlier on, my my, my son had never experienced what what it was like in school. I mean, he had issues with it. I'd never experienced what, what, what it was like not to give a taxi driver a tip. I'm sure if I was close to him, probably would have punched me. But that was a new experience for me. And we would make mistakes. We would meet obstacles we will meet some brick roads even as we go on on this new journey things and circumstances will stretch us it will challenge us just like for Peter, as we explained last week when he stepped out on the boat uh, out of the boat onto the water and he began to walk on the water the storms and the waves that had always been there he suddenly began to to see them and what what happened he began to sink so, occasionally also, even as we begin to enter into new territories, as we begin to walk on water, we will have some unfamiliar experiences. But I, my, my word, the, the word of God for you today is that God will see you through those unfamiliar situations in the name of Jesus. When experiencing new things, it's not abnormal to fall down or make some wrong decisions. But when you do, quickly get up and get back into the rhythm. It's like a newborn baby that is born. You know, when, when he begins to walk, he's going to fall down, but he has to stand up again. He's, he's going to, when he's trying to eat, for instance, you're trying to teach him to eat himself, he's going to pour food all over the place, going to pour food on, on, on himself. It's part of the learning process because why? It's a new beginning for him. Our lives have been changed. Our lives are being transformed right now. And our comfort zone is going to be squeezed. Peter sat in the boat. It was his comfort zone. But he had to step out. Because if he did not step out, there is no way that he would have been able to walk on that water. There will be times that the, the adversary, the, the storms and the waves, they will come and they will discourage us. They will put roadblocks in our journey. But God, if he's the one that has ordained that path that you are on, he will keep you in the name of Jesus. When we focus on God, we must keep a tunnel vision. A tunnel vision is like when you're in a tunnel. Most tunnels don't have any exit apart from the the, the final exits. We, when we enter into those kind of tunnels, you know that the only thing you have to do is to come out at the other side. And that's the way we need to deal with God. As we step out and we're beginning to walk on waters, we begin to experience new, 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 new things, new dimensions. We must keep our eyes only and only on God. We, must, we, can't, we can't afford to be like Peter that looked at the storms... And the waves, as if the storms and the waves were not there when he started walking. We must keep our eyes only on God. My prayer is that Jesus would be there to help you when those storms come in the name of Jesus. Today we'll, we'll be reading from Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 to 9. We'll we, learn some things from this story. It's an interesting story of the children of Israel when they were about to experience their own new beginnings. Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 to 9. If it's on the screen, let's put up the NLT version. Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 to 9. Let's... Okay, I will read it. Just follow me. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord, the Lord. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, "Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them." I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Praise the Lord. This story is the story of the children of, I mean, uh, Joshua, when he took over the leadership mantle in Israel. And um, Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They had gone into the wilderness and they had gone around for 40 years. Moses had now died. And this was the first instruction that God was, this was the first conversation, the instruction that God was having with Joshua. Joshua. You know, the, 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 the challenge with, with, uh, with these people, the, the children of Israel, was that for that 40 years, they were just going around, roaming, parambulating. No direction, because God did not give them a direction. I pray that will not be your own portion in the name of Jesus. Because if you have no direction in life, any road you take will get you to wherever you want to get to. This journey is something they could have done in 40 days, but they ended up doing it for 40 years. A few things that we can learn from these people, even as we begin to experience our new beginning. A few things, um, and we start the first point. The first point is in Joshua uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. I'll read that again very briefly. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Praise the Lord. Moses, my servant, is dead. For someone here, Moses, my servant, is dead means this is a new beginning for you. The old era has ended. Praise the Lord. Your struggles with finances has ended. Your struggles with loneliness has ended. Praise the Lord. Moses, my servant, is dead. For someone, you know... Moses, like I said earlier on, led these children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years on a journey they could have made in 40 days. Meaning that they were just parambulating. That's what we call waka waka. They were just going up and down, up and down. You may have been going up and down with your finances. You may have been going up and down in your career. You may have been going up and down in your family situation. But I'm here to decree to you today that that is the end of that era for you. In the name of Jesus. From from today, you will begin to experience a new era in the name of Jesus. You may have been going from one hospital to the other looking for healing. Maybe for a particular situation that you you have. And they keep referring you and referring you and referring you. Today, that will end in the name of Jesus. How do you explain the story of the man uh, at the pool of Siloam? The Bible says that for 38 years, in John chapter 5, for 38 years, he was sitting at the pool. And each time, the, the, the angel comes, in quote to, to, to stir the water. He says that there's never anybody to push him inside the water. It's because he had just been going, maybe he didn't tell the truth. Because if he can carry himself to the pool, what makes him pushing himself inside the pool when the water stares? But my own interpretation, I may be wrong, my own interpretation is that most times he's never where he's supposed to be. Just moving up and down, moving up and down. Praise the Lord. I decree, if that is the kind of situation today, that will cease in the mighty name of Jesus. I continue reading that chapter, uh, verse 2 now. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. The time has come for you to lead these people. The second thing we have to learn is that it is time to take charge. You've heard of how to walk on waters. It is time to take charge. Talk to your neighbor and say, take charge. Say, take charge. Take charge could mean start leading the people around you. Take charge could mean start leading yourself. You know, that's a major problem that a lot of us have. Leading ourselves, being self-motivated, knowing what to do at the right time and going for it. Praise the Lord. It's time to take charge, could mean cutting yourself off from the aprons of your parents. Praise the Lord. Taking charge could mean it's time to start making your own decisions. When Moses was around, Joshua was always going to Moses to say, God, oh, Moses, what do we do next? Oga Moses, where do we go? Oga Moses, where do we go and spy? Oga Moses, which, 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 where are we going? But God was telling him, it's time to take charge. For someone here also, God is saying to you, it's time to take charge. And I pray that you will hear the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus. So Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving to them. Third thing we have to learn from this story is that we need to go across the Jordan. We need to go across the Jordan. When God says go, go. Praise the Lord. Because I mean, if, if we were to apply reason, when when God said go, God was God saw the Jordan. The Jordan is not a um, um, how, do I, how do I call it now? It's not it's not a small river. It's actually a fast flowing river. You know, I was reading a comparison of how God parted the uh, the Red Sea and how God parted the the Jordan River uh, by by one uh, theological somebody and was given an example and say that the sea, the, 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 red sea is usually like a collection of water, just not, not flowing very fast, you know, but it, it, you know, it's just there. So meaning that there's no, it's a large amount of water, but there's no current, which was why when God wanted to say, wanted to part it, he split it into two. And the Bible says that there were walls on both sides. But for the Jordan River, it's a different scenario because it's a river flowing very fast with a lot of current. What God did was He went to the source and stopped it. When did He stop it? When He told the the, the, the people carrying them to step inside the water and He stopped it from afar so that it stopped flowing. So the children of Israel really, they, 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 I mean, when they were crossing Jordan, they didn't see pillars of water by the side like they experienced in, 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 the, in the Red Sea. So at that instance, when God told Joshua, say, go across the Jordan, God, Joshua could have reasoned it out and said, okay, if we're going to go across this river, obviously we need a bridge. God, are you going to provide a bridge? He could have said, oh, God, probably we need a boat. God, are you going to provide a boat? God does not work with our own vision because he expects us to be a people of faith. The people that believe, that have faith in God and the faith, our faith is not moved. So we are not moved by what we see or the situations or the conditions around us or our circumstances. Because with God, our conditions don't matter. Our circumstances don't matter. Our situations don't matter because God is bigger than all of that. Hallelujah. When God even sends us, usually he knows that we need encouragement. And he sends his encouragement. He backs us up with his word. If we read verse 3, he says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. Praise the Lord. He didn't say, let them go and claim land. He said, wherever you step on, I have already given you. Praise the Lord. Verse 4. Take your possession. Sorry, verse 4. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Ephraim River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Israelites. This was the portion that God was saying, that is yours. But God has said that is their portion. He was also telling them, they have to be the one to go and take it. They have to be the one to step forward to go and possess their possession. God has marked out your territory for you. But you have to be the one to still step forward to go and take that possession. Because the truth is that in that land that God has marked for you, there is milk and honey. There's power, there's control, there's authority. But you have to go and take possession yourself we learned how we can last week for instance we have to learn how to make bold prayers so we have to learn how to ask god for the impossible things that appear like impossible to you because with god all things are possible then finally you need to be assured and know that victory is yours because why verse five The Bible says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. This is God's confidence for you. This is God's word. This is God's guarantee. And we need to take this personally. He says, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. For me, that's very comforting. I will not fail you or abandon you. Meaning that even when the storms come, when the challenges come, when the disappointments come, when the failures come, when the the pain, the pain, the real pain, when they come, God is saying, I will not fail you or abandon you. Because those storms, they will come. And they, they will come. They can be so, 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 so real, so, so, so close to you. But the good thing is that God will be God. God will be God. You know, the, the, um, last week, I, there was someone that was invited to church air and uh, was a guest. It was his first time. And He left service. And before he got home, he heard news that his son had died. How do you explain that? You know? But, you know, I I went to see them and we were talking and in the midst of our talking, I I had to remind him of the message of yesterday, of of, of that day. Because God said, when the storms come, Jesus will be there to pull him out. And I have the confidence that Jesus will pull him out of that storm that he's going through right now in the name of Jesus. You know, why did I give this example? Because that's an extreme for him. There will be some people here that are also going through some storms. That storm does not mean you will not walk on water. And that storm do- cannot limit you because it cannot limit God. Amen. Amen. It cannot limit you because it cannot limit God. God says, yeah, I will not fail you or abandon you. Example that we have in the Bible, Job had sons and they all died in one day. You would have thought that's the end of his world. That's the end of his life. But the Bible says he had twice as more children before he died. That's when he, he can sing confidently. I say, Otimumik Timumi o bayo. Eba no jay bacon. As she wear any shell lua. Oh, batti mope tonje. As she wear any that would be your own song at all times in the name of Jesus. The Bible says towards the, I mean, beginning from verse 6, it kept saying and saying, and it was like a remember, remember, reminder. It says, be strong and courageous. Verse 6. It says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors, I will give them. This was the word of God to Joshua. But I'm putting it to you today. And I want you to turn to your neighbor. And say, be strong and courageous. For you, say it again, you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I will give them. Look at that, your neighbor. again. You can say, you. you. Yes, you, 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 you. You know, when God called Moses, Moses was surprised. When God called him and said, he's the one that will lead the children out of Israel. He had to begin to use all excuses. But God said, no, it is you. God is saying to, to you today also, you. You are the one that he will use to lead his people. When God says this, it's because God knows that he has already deposited all the things that you need inside of you. Moses had all the things he needed to lead the children out of Egypt. He didn't have to go to any training school or anything again. It was already in him. But you see, the dangerous thing is that even though we have it, the choice is still has whether we fully express ourselves to the maximum. When the children of Israel cried out to God and said they wanted a king, God gave them King Saul. When God gave them King Saul, Saul was complete. Saul had everything to excel. But he short-circuited his destiny. That would not be your own portion in the name of Jesus. Why am I so sure that everything we have inside of us? Because you know, I, I just started a new hobby. It's something around agriculture. So I plant. I plant things, I plant seeds. You know, and in my few few months or so that I've been on this journey, I, I, I know, for instance, that every seed that is planted, have everything inside of it to make a full plant or a full tree that will blossom to the maximum. Every seed. Now, is it every seed that is planted that does well? So what's the difference? How you not choice? Sure it? So God, oh God has deposited everything inside of you to excel, to, 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 to prosper, to walk on waters, to do the impossible. It's your choice. How, for instance, it's your choice whether you want to step out of the boat's. It's your choice whether when you step out of the boat, whether you want to walk. It's your choice whether you want to focus on God. But everything that you need is already inside of you. My prayer is that the grace to maximize your potentials, God will give unto you in the name of Jesus. God says again, he says, be strong and very courageous. Verse 7 now. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions of Moses. The instructions of Moses are majorly in the book of Leviticus. And of course, scattered around the four four books of Moses. That was the word to the children of Israel at that time. How does this relate to us today? How does this relate to us today? I put it to a lot of us sitting down here. Do we even know what the laws are that govern us as a nation, Nigeria? Do you know what our constitution says? Apart from what you did in social studies, do you know what our constitution says today? We're talking about our leaders not leading us well and we keep complaining and complaining. But do you know even do you know if you have the right to even complain? The truth is that we cannot cause a change about something we don't know. Maybe it's on air tomorrow. Wants to go and look for the constitution of Nigeria and buy it and begin to read it. So that you understand how things work. The laws of the land, for instance, says that we must pay taxes. Then we have to pay. Don't dodge it. Irrespective of what is happening. A friend of mine one day was, uh, he parked his car somewhere and uh, the the last mile, local government people, they came to tow it. it. It was not... An illegal place. But you know how they are, maybe on Fridays, when they just want to frustrate people. You know, they towed the car away. Unfortunately, it was a back wheel drive car. They towed it in the opposite direction of the gear system and it damaged the entire gear. The guy spent probably about 200 and something thousand to change the gearbox. And he was upset, justifiably so, right? And you know what he said? He said that is their tax that they have collected that is not paying tax again. That was his reaction. I mean, if you were in his shoes, you probably would feel him. Because, I I, I mean, it's painful. Number one, he parked in the right place, but they just wanted to, I mean, uh, exploit. They were looking for someone to exploit. You know, once they hook your car, it's your word against theirs. You know? And... He said he was not going to pay tax but i'm thinking about it right now and i'm like if he doesn't he's compounding problems for himself because by not paying tax what you're simply doing is creating a legal position for the enemy against you look it is not only do you pay your tithes that uh, you will be accountable to when you get to heaven do you pay your tax? you will probably be out of it. Because why? When the people came to G- Jesus and asked him about tithes, what did he do? He went into the mouth of the fish. Brought out money and said, "Go, look, go and give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Because he doesn't want their trouble. He doesn't want it to be held against them. You too, look, you don't want the God trouble of the land. And that's just one. So many other things that... We could talk about about the land that we are in right now, which we must learn and understand about. For us to make a change, for us to make a change, we need to know the change that we want. Praise the Lord. So get the Constitution document and read it. The Constitution document may not be perfect, but when you see the flaws, you can highlight it. When you highlight it, then you can become a topic that can be changed. I'm not saying the system we operate today is perfect, but we must be the change that we want. Hallelujah. The best way to fight things like this is to fight from the inside, not from the outside. Then finally, finally, last part, verse 8. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. You know, you you cannot emphasize this enough. When we were in primary school, they used to teach us a song. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. Do you know that song? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to do it the way they do it in junior church now. Okay? Oh, yeah, let's do it together. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want to grow, if you want to grow. If you want to grow, 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 read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, if you want to grow, praise the Lord. Study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night. The word of God for us is food. The word of God for us is like food. You know, just imagine what it is like if you read your Bible maybe once a week or twice a week. Now, just take that and say, okay, I'm going to explore eating only once a week or twice a week. What are you going to be like? You become leper. Praise the Lord. This can't be overemphasized enough because the word of God is, as a Christian, is your life. The word of God that you know is what determines how you grow. The word of God that you have inside of you determines your level of maturity in Christ. The word of God inside of you the timings, how, how, how you deal with things on a, on a daily basis, on a continual basis. And the Bible says that you must meditate upon it day and night. So you'll be sure to obey everything it is. Only then, only then will you prosper and succeed. This is the secret to success. Just read the word of God. Only then will you prosper and succeed i pray that this word will become live in your hearts in the mighty name of jesus let us pray you know there, there may be someone here you've heard all that has been said right now and you 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 want to take your life to a new dimension you want to experience these new beginnings you 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 won't be able to step out of your boats but you don't have the relationship with Jesus and you want to correct that today you are here or you are online just raise up your hand wherever you are and we'll we'll take you on the next steps that you need to take you want to give your life to Christ If you're here, you want to do that right now. Just raise up your hand wherever you are. I will just pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you.